I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It is Meg here as always and I have seriously been waiting for the week that allowed me to release this podcast episode with my friend Sarah from Shadow Femme. We have an amazing episode this week. And like I said, I've just been waiting to share it with all of you. So Sarah is hands down one of my favorite people to follow over on Instagram. So if you have your phone handy, you definitely need to just hop over on Instagram and follow her for all things human design, astrology, and shadow work. Honestly, whenever I am scrolling my feed, I always have to stop and read Sarah's posts because they are always so good. So go give her a follow. And if you are listening to this episode, you all know what to do. I love when you take a screenshot and post it to your stories so I know that you're listening. And then we can just chat over on Instagram, but just make sure you tag me and Sarah at Shadow Femme so we both see who's listening to the show this week. And in this episode, Sarah and I actually talk about how we can sync our work week or our weekly schedule according to the planets that are ruling that specific day. So as I say when Sarah and I get to talking, we often talk about syncing our routines, our exercise schedule, even like the food we eat. We talk about how to kind of sync that with our menstrual cycle. So I thought it would be really cool to bring Sarah on the show and talk a little bit more about how to actually sync our work week flow and what we do and accomplish in a week according to the ruling planets of that day. So this is a really cool chat we have, but we also talk about one of all of our favorite topics, amenorrhea and getting our period back. So Sarah actually also had an experience with amenorrhea and it just goes to show us how impactful mental stress can be on our cycle. So make sure you listen all the way to the end to hear Sarah's story with amenorrhea. And speaking of periods, I, on the date of this recording being released, I will be on the fifth day of my cycle. Today, when I'm recording this intro, it's the fourth day of my cycle. So still kind of like in the midst of 
menstruation week and gosh, am I feeling tired today. (laughs) So tired today. So hopefully when this podcast episode is out and you're listening to it, I feel a lot more energized because man, am I feeling tired today. But I am always so grateful for my period every single month. I know a lot of you have been following along my journey ever since I got my period back after having hypothalamic amenorrhea for 12 years, and I will actually be celebrating two years of recovery periods come August of this year, so that's exciting, but even though my two-year anniversary of being recovered from HA is so close, I seriously still celebrate my period every single month. And I just want to remind you all of that because I know a lot of you who listen to this show are actually currently going through HA recovery. And I just want to remind you that getting your period back is seriously the best thing you will ever do for yourself and you're just going to be so proud of yourself at the end and everything else that's coming up for you along this journey that feels like a challenge and that feels like important like so many women place so much focus on what their body is doing during this recovery process and I can tell you that getting your period back is so much more meaningful and magical than your body, (laughs) the way your body looks, right? That, That really isn't important. So that is a total side note for anyone who needed that reminder this week. All right, ladies, thank you for joining me again. I am going to go chill out now (laughs) because as I said, I'm so tired. So I'm just going to enjoy the rest of my evening and enjoy the show with Sarah. She's amazing. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, so... I came across your work on Instagram, where I find so many of my favorite humans. And I just have to say, so Sarah, you're all about like your Instagram account is all about astrology, human design, shadow work, which I just like gobble up um, because you write and you like take like such a unique approach to things, in my opinion, that I just love what you do. And so you're one of my favorite accounts and I needed to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. Hey, (laughs) Um, it's the truth. (laughs) Thank you. And that's, I mean, that's really affirming to hear because I I think there's, there's a lot out there about astrology in particular, um, which is great. I think it's amazing. There's so much information out there. Um, I purposely didn't want to be, you know, just another person, um, I didn't want to regurgitate like the same old information to people. I think there's uh, a lot of astro content out there and, you know, facts out there on the internet. I wanted to sort of put my own personal spin on things. And so I tend to look at both of those systems, astrology and human design through 
like you said, you know, a shadow work lens and a trauma-informed lens as well. Um, yeah. And I, I try to talk about things that really just pique my interest personally, rather than sticking to, you know, oh, I'm here to just educate you about like, this is this planet, this is that sign, you know, and, or usual stereotypes about signs. I, I tend to stray away from that as well. Um, and yeah. Well, yeah. you do such a great job because if that's kind of your focus and why you kind of like created this account on Instagram. And if I picked up on that, <laughs> that says <laughs> something. So you're totally doing what you intended to do there because I do follow. So, I mean, human design just fascinates me. And mm. once I am done this ramble here, I'll actually have you introduce yourself to everyone. But mm. human design is just so fascinating to me. So I do follow a lot of different astrology and human design accounts, but I feel like every single time I'm scrolling my feed and one of your posts pops up, I stop and read it because you do have that unique approach. It's not just like, oh yeah, this is something I've read before. So mm -hmm. I love that. Like, it's very clear that you are taking a unique approach and I just want everyone to go follow you because <laughs> I think the work you're doing is so cool. But before we really get into things, why don't you actually introduce yourself to everyone? Because I've just been talking about your Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I'm Sarah and my business is called Shadow Femme. That's also my Instagram handle, uh, shadow.femme. Um, and I can explain a bit, you know, why I came up with that name as well um, and why I decided to sort of name my business something different from myself and not be a personal brand. Um but yeah, I can describe myself a couple of different ways, I guess. I've said cosmic guide to the subconscious before. I think that kind of sums it up. Um, basically, I combine, like we just talked about, astrology and human design um, in a trauma-informed way. And I look at them through the lens of shadow work. In other words, I use them as entry points for my clients to um look especially at places in their charts where they've sort of disowned parts of themselves um you know places that may be uncomfortable for them or that they don't fully identify with and that they want to learn to fully own and we use that as a conversational entry point in my work you know i really see human design and astrology as tools and not kind of the end all be all like i think they're tools for healing and then usually from there, we'll sort of get into, you know, my client shadow work. And I also sometimes bring in hypnotherapy into my work as well. Um, and the way I describe, you know, who my work is for, um, you know, I primarily work with, you know, women and non-binary people and, and queer people. And especially like the phrase I use is cycle breakers who are navigating liminal identities. And I sum it up that way because I, I mean, first of all, I identify with that. Um, and I love working with people who are breaking cycles in their own lives or intergenerationally, especially. Um, and, you know, I, I really empathize with and love to work with people who are navigating complicated identities, whether that's, you know, your, uh, gender non-conforming person or a queer person or a biracial person or, you know, third culture kid, someone who doesn't fit into 
a neat little box. So absolutely <laughs> incredible. I Thank love you. that so much. And like I already said, I love the work you're doing. And I did read your Instagram bio. And when I read Cycle Breaker, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm all about that. So I just love what you're doing. And speaking of cycles, I know that's something that we want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to, why don't you share your um, human design type with everyone? Because I'm sure there's curious minds out there. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm a 1-3 self-projected projector. Wow. (laughs) I just started working with a self-projected projector um, inside my practice. And so I always love diving deeper into the different human design types just so I can support my clients on a deeper level. And I like what you said, like human design and astrology really is a tool. And it's not like we use it to put people into a box, but it's like, okay, let's start this conversation with this. I think it's so incredible. And actually, I'm just going to keep going Um, because I'm just so obsessed with everything that you post and share. Um, You were talking about shadow work, and those are kind of the places within us that are tender, hard to look at, things like that. And one of your posts, and this is common, so I'm a human design manifester. And yeah, so many of us have been conditioned to operate like generators. Yeah. And one of your posts actually like addresses like generators saying, hey, it's okay, you're not a manifester. And then you're, you say manifestors, it's okay, you're not a generator. Yeah. And I just really love that. Thank you. I, yeah, it sort of just dawned on me one day. I was like, every human design type wants to be another human design type usually, except for manifesting generators. Honestly, sometimes they'll just be like, yeah, I love it. Um, But I've pretty much heard, and I've experienced this myself, like, you know, people who at first wish, oh, like, I wish I wasn't this type, or even before you know about human design or if you know, you're listening to this, you have no clue what it is. Once you learn about it, you'll probably be like, oh yeah, I was conditioned to act like another type, you know, function like another type of person. Um, it's just kind of sad and ironic that like everybody goes through that. It's not even like there's um, a minority of people who are experiencing it. It's, it's most of humanity is like, oh, there's something not there's something not whole or right about me. I need to be different to be accepted or loved. And, you know, that could show up in many different ways. And, you know, human design is one way of looking at that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first found out that I was a manifester, I, everything made sense. I was like, of course I am. I've never had like an actual real job, like never in my life. And I, so yeah, I just knew Um, It made total sense, but I think something that I still personally work on every single day is reminding myself that I actually don't have to work nine to five. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, that's so real and capitalism conditions us all. Like that's another, another way I like to approach human design is just understanding the overarching pressures of capitalism 
because um, we don't exist in a vacuum. Like our energy types don't exist in a vacuum. Usually we have pressures from the outside world telling us like you need to work a certain amount of hours to be productive and therefore valuable and worthy. Um, and probably telling us like, you don't deserve to rest. You don't deserve breaks. Um, and, you know, it, generators are the type that can really, that are designed to best work in that way, but even generators can burn out, you know, um, but I feel you as someone who's a projector, I also have no defined motors, meaning I have no reliable, you know, sources of energy. When I read about that, I was like, what me? Like no energy. What are you talking about? Like I do so much. And it's true. I was doing so much. Um, but I, I too feel guilty when I'm not working all the time or I'm not, you know, um, and I'm, I also feel allergic to nine to five jobs, even though I had, I had those for a while. Um, I actually got laid off at the start of the pandemic last year. And that's kind of what kicked off my desire to start shadow them. Um, is I was like, yeah, I hate the nine to five office life. <laughs> like, even though it really sucks getting laid off, especially like right at the start of a pandemic when everything was uncertain. Um, I was like, yep, this is my Saturn return kicking in right now. Like almost wow. to the day, <laughs> almost to the Wild. day it was that exact. Yeah. And it was like, here's this little kick in the pants. Like, yeah, you've been hating this job for a while. Um, here you go. Here's your like shove out the nest sort of thing. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I was initially studying for interviews to, you know, get back into that type of job again, but I was hating it so much. I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I really don't when I'm, when I'm real with myself. And, um, and I also discovered human design right around that time and was like, yeah, all, the, all of this makes sense. And it was such a relief to read that actually I'm not built for a nine to five to, to work all the time and that that's perfectly okay, you know? And it doesn't mean that I can't be like helpful or put worthy work out into the world. It just might mean I do it in, sort of a compressed way or I do it in bursts and <laughs> rest a lot. Yeah. 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 I know for me, like my clients who find out they are projectors, I feel like that specific human design type has the hardest time when they find out just from experience. I'm not a projector, but as I've introduced my clients to human design, every single projector is like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> and they're kind of crushed about it so mm. I shared something as a manifester that I'm working on every single day reminding myself that hey I actually don't need to be working nine to five I'm just mm. curious if there's something for you that is kind of one of those things that you're like yep constantly working on this <laughs> um is there something like that for you mm. I mean right when you said that it made me think of how so for one thing projectors are really good at seeing potential that's, that's been a big thing that I've been thinking about lately. Like I hate wasted potential, you know, and I think projectors are designed to see the potential in everyone. And then in a way also in themselves, right. You know, and they hold, they tend to hold themselves to a high standard because they're able to have sort of these grand visions. Um, 
of what could be, you know, and since they're also so good, we're good at reading into other people and seeing how they tick. And so I think projectors also have the easiest time if they feel the need to act like another type, they kind of can do it. You know, and so if, if we've been conditioned to be like a generator or even a manifesting generator, we can kind of get away with it, you know, because we're good at understanding and maybe even emulating how other people work. Um, and you can kind of get away with it for a while until you really burn out. <laughs> um, and so I think potential, you know, under understanding this ability to see potential, <laughs> you know, is key. Um, and it doesn't mean that you always have to enact it like right away. It doesn't mean you, you have to act, act on it and implement all the details of it too, you know, because I think projectors function best when they can, you know, set the vision and help other people realize their potential or leave the details or nitty gritty work to other types who are more suited for it. Um, yeah, and I think it, something like potential even extends into dating. I was, I was, um, talking about this a bit in like a webinar series I did on love, um, and how projectors are, again, since they're good at seeing the potential in other people, um, I think we have a tendency to date other people's potential rather than seeing them accurately for who they are right now, like who they're wow. showing themselves to <laughs> that makes so much sense yeah yeah because you're like oh I really like can see into you I could see how good this could be or how great you can be um and that can be harmful you know in the long run because maybe you are you, you're like too fixated on the possibility rather than what they're actually showing you like the actions that they're actually showing you in the present day. I know I've, I've done that in the past. Um, and so, yeah, and I relate to that feeling that your clients had of initially being really kind of crushed. Like at first I was insulted. I was like, non-energy type, excuse me. <laughs> like I have energy. Um, because, you know, especially if you're a projector who has a lot of open centers and especially open motors, you're taking in an amplifying energy within those centers. And so when you are in contact with other people, you're taking in and amplifying their energy and you, you are running off of that like huge amount of fuel. Um, but it's kind of like putting the wrong fuel like in your tank. You know, it's not, it's not really yours like at the end of the day. Um, it's not going to be great for your system. And so you might think like, what do you mean? Like, I am super productive. Like I work all the time. I get so much done. I'm the most hardworking person I know. Um, but it, it might be burning you out, you know? Um, and then I, I think once projectors get past that, I, at least for me, right. I experienced this. Um, I, I then saw it as a relief and almost a permission slip, you know, to be like, you know what? Yeah. I, I'm not lazy. That's something I'm still working on to finally come back around to your question. Yeah. <laughs> Telling myself I'm not lazy. I, I, I still catch myself saying that sometimes. I'll be like, oh yeah, I didn't do the dishes because I'm lazy. And my girlfriend will be like, you're not lazy. You're just a no motor little projector. 
that's so great. That's so great to have someone around you that understands and can remind you too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. She's a manifester with three defined voters, and we joke about that too. And now she has more defined voters than me. But I love that. What's her authority? Uh, emotional authority. Emotional authority. Okay, I'm yeah. splenic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. I love just like knowing people's human design types because I just admire every single type for different reasons. And I have a lot of close projectors in my life. So I know they're going to be loving this episode with you, but we have a (laughs) lot to talk about. So I want to talk about that first post that I reached out to you about because it was really cool. And it ended up being a really popular post of yours, actually. It was kind of like structuring your week according to the planets. And Mm -hmm. here's why I thought that would be really cool to talk about is because so many people that listen to this podcast, they really love learning how to like sync their life with their cycle. Okay, Mm -hmm. so according to like what phase they're in and their menstrual cycle eating according to that or working out according to that um learning about like the different inner seasons that sort of thing so when I saw that post I was like that's really cool this isn't like specifically related to a menstrual cycle but it's kind of like sinking your week according to the planets Mm. and then it's funny because then you messaged me kind of wanting to talk about periods too so I was like okay this is like meant to be that we're talking about these things because they kind of come together in that way so if you want to start us off and like I'm gonna guess that no one listening to like everyone listening to this episode right now does not realize you can actually sync your week according to the planets (laughs) so enlighten us (laughs) sure yeah and you're right they do thematically kind of go together because you know planets move in cycles they move in transits and um I think really uh, thematically we're talking about um organizing your week according to your own energies and how they flow versus the more rigid and honestly arbitrary structure of a week or a month. <laughs> like calendars are so arbitrary. Um, yeah. But yeah, so basically uh, every day of the week has a different ruling planet. Um, and I can go through them and describe, you know, the different energies of the planet and therefore the energies of the day. And I think just a little disclaimer, I, I like to share this information and also remind people not to get too rigid about it, you know, or not to get too dogmatic about it with themselves, because it's just information, you know, do with it what you will. Um, I'm going to give recommendations for each day, but it doesn't mean like, oh no, like I can't work it's out Wednesday, on Monday. I can't do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I think people can, can use ast- astrology sometimes it's almost a micromanaging tool um, to be like, Ooh, like this transit's happening. Like I can't do that. Or, you know, this is bad luck, whatever. Um, so yeah, just like do with it what you will. Um, but yeah, so I'll start off with Monday, uh, Mondays are moon days and the moon is a celestial body that is associated with sort of yin energy, softness, emotions, 
um, your moon placement and your natal chart describes the subjective lens through which you view the world. It describes your inner emotional landscape. It's also tied to things like home and safety and your experiences in childhood um, and intuition as well. It's also tied to intuition and magic. Um, and so, and the moon is the fastest moving uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the fastest moving body, like in our sky. Uh, it's very cyclical, obviously. And along with that, you know, moon energy is ever changing and cyclical. And so on Mondays, you might feel like you're in your feelings, um, like your moods are fluctuating. You might feel a bit softer, more tender, more uh, vulnerable. And I think you know, this is why a lot of people don't like going to work on Mondays, <laughs> you know, they, I, I think the work week, the classic work week isn't structured very well um, for going by, you know, planetary energies, because, you know, a lot of times you might feel a little sluggish or moody, or like, you just want to be at home and journal and light a candle and, you know, eat your favorite food or whatever, stay in bed. Um, and so I think it's nice to at least be aware that the energy is present, you know, that that softness uh, is present. And so that even if you are in a Monday through Friday, nine to five, you can just not be as hard on yourself and, you know, just understand that it's, it's in the collective energy, <laughs> you know, it's not that you're bad at kicking off the work week. Um, and if you do have the privilege of structuring your own week, you know, maybe you work for yourself or, you know, you have your own, your own business or work from home, um, it could be a great time to just sort of have a, a soft start to the week, or if you could even just not schedule work on that day, that might be great too. Um, conversely, I have heard of an astrologer slash human design reader who likes to have client meetings on Mondays because she does a lot of deep subconscious work. And that might be a day when clients are more predisposed to really wading into those subconscious waters and going deep and being a little more vulnerable. Um, it all depends on the person. I, I personally don't schedule uh, clients and um, I like to have my own therapy sessions on Mondays personally, and then just like leave time for me to process, yeah. That's a beautiful way to start the week. And it just makes so much sense. Like, I think the majority of the people we kind of hear like, oh, I hate Mondays, right? Yeah. But they probably feel that way because there's so much pressure to get up and go and check your inbox and get it to zero and accomplish all the things on your to-do list. And if the plant, the energy of a Monday is the moon, it's really going against like the energy. So of course you feel resistant to that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it's not, <laughs> it's not you. It's just the incongruent like expectations of that day. Um, and so it's good to just be aware of that. Yeah. Um, and then Tuesday is a very different energy. It's Mars day. Um, and Mars is the planet of action and aggression, also sexuality, uh, sort of in a more like primal sense. Mars is about going after what you want, getting things done, being very even brash and like straightforward and to the point. Um, and so that can be a great day for working out or 
um, having some sort of physical outlet for yourself. It could also be a good day, just get shit done, you know, get errands done, maybe schedule your to-do list, action items on those days, knowing you might be fueled up with a little more energy and motivation. Um, yeah. And so it's going to be, I guess, like a tip if you're someone who sells things or, you know, has clients. Um, I've also, funnily enough, marketing statistics go along with planetary energies. Just fun fact. Um, statistics about like newsletter action, like actions people take on emails and reading newsletters and things like that. Cause I remember, you know, just briefly looking at like, when's a good day to send a newsletter, right? Um, it mirrors <laughs> planetary energy. So people are actually most likely to click through, um, you know, on let's say a call to action button in an email on Tuesdays, which is the most action oriented day. Um, people are also most likely, I think, to send and read a lot of emails on Wednesdays and Thursdays, which I'll talk about in a second, but those are also like, um, th those are big days for things like writing and sharing and speaking. So, uh, I think that's, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> things just like, even the data works out. Right. Um, uh, yeah. And so, like I said, Tuesday can be great for taking action, getting things done, working out. Um, it might not be the best day to, you know, be, being your feelings and do moon things. I don't know. Not to say you can't do it, but just it's good to be aware of that. Um, and then Wednesdays are ruled by Mercury. Um, and Mercury is a, you know, quick moving planet of communication. Uh, yeah, communication, connection, writing, speaking. Um, it's a very, the chatty planet, maybe it could also be associated with things like podcasting, social media, you know, like I mentioned, um, soaking up data and it could be a great day for, you know, recording or disseminating a podcast or writing or sending emails or scheduling a meeting, having a brainstorming session, um, catching up with a friend, you know, or like a friend or sibling having a phone call, um, and people might be buzzing with a lot of ideas on those days. You might find that if you're someone who, you know, does writing or creating content or whatever, or likes to journal, even keep a journal practice, you might feel especially motivated to do that on those days. And uh, Thursday is Jupiter day. And like I said, so this like, you know, the chatty Mercury energy goes along again with those statistics I mentioned about emails. And then uh, Jupiter is associated with things like higher learning, um, philosophy, travel, um, culture, you know, uh, expansion in, in many different senses, whether that's expansion of the mind, or expansion of anything really. Jupiter expands anything it touches. It's a very optimistic and gregarious planet. Um, and yeah, Jupiter is not as detail-oriented as Mercury. It's very much about the broad strokes, uh, about the you know big horizons and the grand visions. Um, Mercury could be a good day to be a little more detail-oriented, whereas Jupiter is like idealistic, grand, <laughs> you know, brainstorming or envisioning. Um, it could also be a good day for teaching and learning if you're someone who likes to take courses or, or if you're someone who teaches courses, uh, it could be a, a good day for that as well. Um, yeah, that's so cool. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I today... typically record podcasts on Thursdays and then oh. release podcast episodes on Wednesdays. Wow. That's really cool. So See? I don't know. You're on un- you're unintentionally already doing that. You're yeah. <laughs> on some level, you're already in tune with that. Yeah, and here we are on a Thursday. It's perfect. Um, yeah, and then Friday is Venus Day. And you know, Friday that's probably why Friday is a traditional date night, because Venus is the planet of love and romance, uh, beauty, art, all things sweet and indulgent. Uh, it also, I think to be associated with self-care, you know, not, not just romantic love, but love directed at yourself, uh, including in, you know, indulgent kind of more, um, it, it can include like surface level indulgent things like, you know, just dressing up, like buying yourself a nice outfit, like putting on some makeup or just having a bath, you know, or treating yourself to a nice treat. Um, Venus just loves sweet things, you know, like sweetness and um in play and pleasure basically and so I think that's you know also why people get a little bit like you know either restless on Fridays or just don't want to be in the office on Fridays again if you're in a Monday through Friday uh type of job because it's not that congruent with getting things done um I tend to leave Fridays clear for my schedule also because my girlfriend usually has Fridays off at her job. And so I was like, oh, it's perfect. I'll just not schedule anything Fridays. That could be like our day to spend together. Um, But that could be good to keep in mind, you know, if you want to just have a regular date night with someone. And and then by contrast, Saturday, I think most people look forward to the weekend and they're like, yeah, Saturday, like time to sleep in and relax. Actually, Saturday is ruled by Saturn which is the planet of discipline and limitation, restriction, hard work, maturity, things that like take a lot of time to ripen and see the the fruits of their labor. Um, So Saturday can be another good errands day or getting things done day, Um, you know, fixing, fixing things up or reorganizing things in your life, you know, your, your, clearing out your email maybe or organizing your room um which is funny again because I, I think like people think of the weekend as being like okay you know time to relax yeah <laughs> like peace out from everything right yeah. yeah yeah I guess I guess some people do see sat- Saturday as errand day sometimes but yeah it's I used typically to typically when those... I go get my groceries <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> yeah because then you you probably have more motivation at the start of the weekends than once you get to Sunday and yeah. Um, and you're like, Oh, it's like my last hour is the weekend. Um, but yeah, then Sunday is Sunday. Um, and the sun is all about, uh, you know, it's associated with our core essence and our ego actually. And, uh, the way we express ourselves and shine our light in the world. Um, and it's also, you know, uh, it's, it's associated with the sign of, of Leo, um, which is a playful, you know, sort of bright, uh, gregarious sign, or I don't know if gregarious is the right word, but, um, Leo really knows how to shine its light and it's a magnetic sign, I would say. Um, and so Sunday is great for, you know, creative self-expression or for just literally getting outside, getting out in the sun, 
Um, it's also a very, uh, it's like the sun is also associated with our, I guess, physical vitality, I would say. And so it could be a nice day for like a hike or, you know, doing something active. And at the end of the day, just like doing, doing whatever you want to do, because the sun is like, it's you, it's, it's, you know, it's your specific expression in the world, do what you want to do. So that's the week. (laughs) I absolutely loved all of that so much. And it was really cool for me to like sit back and hear you describe that like flow of the week and the energy of the week and see how much my week actually does reflect that naturally Mm -hmm. without actually intentionally doing that. So that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, of course. That's really great. I feel like that means you're just sort of tapped into the energy, (laughs) the collective energy. Yeah. Hey, I always used to book off, like I only ever really did client work and um, had things on my calendar Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Mm -hmm. Mondays and Fridays were kind of those days where nothing was on my calendar. I kind of did what I wanted to do on those days now is kind of different. I do have clients on those days now, but I can definitely feel like the difference in energy. Um, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of funny for me because I was in that flow for so long, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's good that you're at least aware of it. Um, and it's cool that you initially booked those off. Those were the same days I sort of walked off on my own schedule for a while. Yeah, it just feels so good. Um, But it totally makes sense. I definitely pick up on that energy. But something I do want to chat with you about before we start to slowly wrap up the show, I, I feel like um, this time has just flown by, I could just keep talking to you. But you have had kind of like a missing period or your period had been only coming every now and then. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to bring that up because it's something that you shared with me. But also that's kind of everyone's favorite topic around here. Whenever we talk about periods, everyone's like listening to the episode (laughs) and stuff like that. So why don't you, if you're open to it, sharing a little bit about your personal journey with your cycle and, Mm. you know, why was it missing and where are you at now? Yeah. So I, I got my period kind of, you know, I don't know if it's that late, but sort of late, I was about 14. Um, and it was, and then from then on pretty much, it it was really irregular at first. And then soon after that, I would only get it once a year for several years until age 21 or two. Um, and it was because I was training so hard in swimming. Um, yeah. And so I was a competitive swimmer and I got into the sport super young. You know, I f- probably first learned to swim when I was like three or four um, and got really serious about it uh, at a young age. I was training year round by the time I was seven. And then I, at 12, qualified for national level meets and was really just fully dedicated to the sport. Um, I just kind of lived and breathed it 
Um, and yeah, I, I mean, swimming is a really demanding sport in general. And then on top of that, I had a really intense coach. Honestly, there's a lot of trauma there. <laughs> um, and I think he, he trained us too hard, to be honest. Um, it was really hard on, on the girls. Um, and there was, you know, some pressure around us too, I think. And it, it, it actually got worse once I, um, graduated high school and wasn't on the team anymore, but I, I heard the ways in which he would like comment on girls' bodies and how they needed to lose weight. And, um, people, I, I didn't learn this till later, but people actually referred to our team as the anorexic team because girls were so skinny and I, I was, you know, like smaller, medium sized, I don't know what to call it. And I thought of myself as pretty big you know, by, I was comparing myself to all the other girls on my team. And I mean, there's a lot I could say there too about um, male swim coaches being really terrible when it comes to body image and encouraging disordered eating even. Um, but yeah, I think it was just, we were training so much. And um, honestly, I can't remember if how many other girls were experiencing the same thing. I, I I, I don't think everyone was in the same boat as me, but I know I only got it once a year and I probably never would have gotten it if I trained the entire year. But what we did was we trained basically like 48 or 50 weeks out of the year <laughs> and we would have, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we wouldn't actually fully stop. Um, we would have August where we would have really, um, shorter, more low key practices, like an hour instead of three or four hours a day. And then during August, I would get my one period for the year. And then, that, and it was like the mother of all periods. Like my body was saving up every other period. And I would just feel like, am I anemic? Am I just, I'm just like a husk of a person right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Sarah. That's yeah. so obviously I mean everyone here knows that our periods go missing when there's an energy deficit and if you're training like multiple hours a day and then receiving this pressure to be a certain way like your body size a certain size um yeah like it's likely you were operating at a deficit and then as soon as you kind of got that little bit of a break your body was like wow I actually you know have some stuff here yeah yeah I mean it's probably so many factors like yeah definitely the work working out itself and then I don't know how much this contributes but just stress because my coach was so demanding and honestly psychologically abusive I would say and there were there was other you know childhood trauma I would say that I was experiencing and so I think I was just like bathing in a sea of cortisol all the time <laughs> like Absolutely. I was just in it <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. stress is a huge thing I mean when I look at someone with hypothalamic amenorrhea a missing period, we look at, we try to correct the energy deficit through a reduction in exercise, more food, but you look at the stressors, right? Like the stress is what caused 
HA in the first place. And stress can come from overexercise, under eating, but it also can be strictly like psychological stress too. Mm-hmm. I have known people where they have their periods and then they get a new stressful job and they lose them and nothing else yeah. changed, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I, I do. I guess I do track my period on my phone and I, I can look back and, and look at my missed periods and be like, oh, yeah, that was a stressful time, <laughs> you know, or, or just a really long gap, um, you know, or really abnormally long cycle length. Um, yeah. And so I, I am you know, honestly, once I just retired from swimming, that's when it came back. Um, that's when I came, yeah, I came back more or less on a regular basis. It's still a little irregular and extremely heavy at, you know, always at the start of my cycle. Um, and I, I feel like I should go get it, like go talk to someone about it, but I just had the experience when I was younger of doctors just being like, yeah, you know, just make sure you're taking a calcium supplement because, you know, you're, you're fine. You're just, you're just a swimmer. You're just an athlete. Um, we would just worry about, you know, your, your bones, <laughs> what do you call it? Like, uh, I forget the word, but yeah, osteopenia or whatever. Um, and I know they also mentioned because I wasn't doing a weight bearing sport. I was a little more at risk for that too, because, you know, you increase bone strength when you lift weights, right. But in swimming, you're just floating in the water. Um, and so they mentioned that, but it was just like, oh, you know, you're fine. Just like, make sure you're like eat yogurt or something. Um, and sure enough though, I broke my arm, uh, at age 20, I think it was, um, I kind of just put that together. (laughs) Like, you know, I, and that was a huge deal for me because I, my whole self-worth was wrapped up in swimming and my performance in swimming. I, to sum it up, um, would choke a lot at big meets because my coach would get so in my head and just undermine my self-confidence so much that I wouldn't be able to perform at these big competitions. But I, Finally, I say finally in in air quotes here because I was still young, but I was like, oh my God, I'm so old. But I was 16 when I qualified for Olympic trials by a big margin, um, actually at a random meet that I was training really hard all the way through and not even resting for, not even really paying attention to. But sure enough, I was like, oh, there's no pressure. Therefore, I performed well. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I qualified for Olympic trials in 2009 and I was like, ugh, like not even in time for 2008, whatever. I was gearing up for it three years later then. And then that's when I broke my arm, like right before. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, but Dang. there's a lot I can say about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we could keep chatting, I'm sure. Um, But I know the ladies listening are going to absolutely love this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed having you on. And I do have another question for you that I ask all my guests. And it is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Oh, (laughs) Mm. unbreakable. 
so for one thing, what I think of is like you're, you're whole already. So there's not there's nothing missing, you know, from you. There's nothing like that you need to quote unquote fix. I think I think in any healing journey, it's more about returning back to yourself instead of thinking of yourself as broken or needing to <laughs> glue pieces back together. And I also think of, I mean, unbreakable to me, I, I think like it, it could make you think of something really rigid and strong and like hard, but I think soft things can be unbreakable. And I like to think of it in terms of resiliency, I guess. Um, being unbreakable doesn't mean, doesn't have to mean that you're invincible and like hard and strong and tough. Like it can just mean that you have the ability to bounce back and be resilient and think of yourself as whole. And <laughs> yeah and deeply lovable I don't know that was rambling but I think it was amazing <laughs> I loved listening yeah. to that and I so agree with you my coaching program is called back home to you and I really do think that's like what the healing journey is all about is not fixing ourselves but returning home to ourselves because it's kind of like what we strayed away from and why we feel like we need to do this type of healing work. So anyways, I loved your answer. I loved this conversation and I'm so excited to chat with you again someday. <laughs> but um, where can everyone find you? I know you mentioned it mm -hmm. at the beginning, but if you have any other links or anything like that, you can share them. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram handle is shadow.fem. I spell fem, F-E-M-M-E. And then my website is shadowfem.com and I'm open for, for bookings for, you know, single session readings or for um, a program I call Unearth, kind of similar to yours where it's really not about quote unquote fixing yourself. It's more about unearthing like the true you, you know, it's like, it's, it's been there all along. You just need to dig it up, brush it yeah. off. Get some um, yeah. So yeah, I'm open to new clients now. So. Amazing. Well, thank you, Sarah. This has been such a great episode. Thank you. It's been really good. I feel like we could talk for hours, but already it's been so great. Thank you. Thank you.